We're in the middle of reports, and so uh, a lot of you were here Wednesday night, and uh, we got started on everybody who was here who had the reports. Fantastic reports. Not trying to make it scary for those of you who haven't given your reports yet. They were great, which means we could expect the same kind of level of, uh, that's coming from here. And so, as you'll remember, we're, we're going through this great chapter of faith, and we're trying to ask ourselves, what was it about these people that made them faithful? And what are the things that they demonstrated? Um, even the kind of things we've heard this morning in our sermon. And then, what did they have to overcome? Or either some of their own weaknesses or some of the things that they had to overcome. We've heard a lesson this morning that's, that's, that's straight in line with what we're doing here. Um, what's interesting here in this chapter is that he, the Hebrew writer gives example after example after example, all driving toward the same point. And we've heard that point this morning. We're going to see how the Hebrew writer makes it as we continue to go through this. So with all that being said, he hasn't given a report and wants to start us today. We haven't been taking, we've taken, there we go. See, I see, uh, see you right there. Uh, so we'll go with you, Margie. I have Abraham. Excellent. Um, I think it's interesting, first of all, that God chose Abraham because his father according to Joshua 24.2, was an idolater that worshipped other gods. And I think it's interesting that Abraham was chosen. And uh, at 75 years old, he just packed up and left. Didn't know where he was going, really. And uh, he believed that God had promised him uh, a son. He and his wife had no children at that time, and um, I think he was thoughtful, unselfish, and generous whenever he let his nephew Lot choose which uh, land he wanted, if he wanted up in the hills or if he wanted down in the Green Valley. And, uh, let's see, then of course the great faith was actually to take his son to be a sacrifice. And I mean, he didn't just take him up there. He told his son, you know, that God will provide the sacrifice. But, I mean, he laid him on the altar and had his knife raised before God stopped him. And I don't know of anybody that would do that. No. And um, let's see. What? He was a very significant figure throughout the Bible and being the father of the Jews. But What weaknesses did he have, Mark? Uh, well, for one thing, now a wife can be a great influence. I can, I, you know, understand. But he listened to Sarah and had a, had a, a the son that by her handmaiden. And um, that, I, that was wrong. I mean, that was... A weakness, I would say. And then there's, on two different occasions, he lied about um, being uh, the husband of Sarah. And because he, he, he feared for his life, he thought he would be killed. And even though it was just a little white lie, it was still... So a lie is a lie, no matter how you color it. <laughs> incomplete truth, right? Yes. You didn't reveal yes. what was yes. But I have a question. Um, when 
with Lazarus and the rich man, and Lazarus was carried away to Abraham's bosom. Is that title? Is that that our our what Abraham? What Jesus said. Yep. That's the same one. I think that that's certainly a plus. <laughs> that that the faithful are carried away to his to his bosom. You know. When we ask God for things, when do we expect them? Immediately. Whenever now. He wants. Oh, how we about expect today? them immediately. Yeah. Yeah. How about today? That, yeah. That's sometimes how we pray. What about Abraham? Very patient. Decade after decade after decade. And it was tough because he, he, he was susceptible to being impatient, right? Because this whole Sarah yeah. Hagar incident yes. was about being, well, maybe God needs a little help. Instead of relying on it, a little impatient there. Let's let's try another way here. Well, yeah, at seventy-five, he was promised a son, but he didn't have it till he was a hundred. So that's twenty-five years. That's a lot. Lessons for us. Got to be patient. Yes. Our timeline is not God's timeline. It's not. We want it, but we want it by Thursday. It's too long. It's too long. <laughs> uh, whether it's that new car or that dog or whatever. Whatever. What? Yeah. Anybody, what else? Anybody else got on Abraham? Pluses or minuses? I'm saying um, like the impatience is kind of like double fold because Sarah was really doubtful that uh, that was even that could even happen because of her old age. Yeah, yeah. She had the same impatience as she yeah. showed. She showed doubts too. That's exactly right. Which is not, I mean, easy. I mean, when you when you when you grow up with your spouse, I mean, not that I've had a spouse for very long, but even 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 at that, like that, you know, that tension is there that you want to, you know, especially in their culture, they wanted to have offspring. Even bigger bigger deal. What else? Anybody got anything else on Abraham? All right, let's get the next character. Okay, we'll get some more people to get through here. Dennis, you've had... Samson. Yes, you did. Good deal. Ooh, this is a good one. Why did God choose Samson? <laughs> I mean, that's a question a lot of people ask. Like, when you read the story... I mean, not as a kid. It was a feel-good story as a kid. But when you grow up and you start reading into it, you question, why did God choose Samson? He was a womanizer. <coughs> he abused his, his strength. He abused the uh, gifts that God gave him. He didn't appear to have respected his parents all that much because he demanded that they go down yeah. there and get that woman for him. You know, instead of saying, well, I really would like that, and what do you think, Dad? He said, you're going to do it. And I didn't like that part of sex. <laughs> you're going to notice that side of the Thank board. Thank you. <laughs> that side of the board's going to have a lot more it's than this have a lot more, yeah. Was he a violent man? He didn't have any self-control. Lack of self-control. Self Big time. He had a violent anger. Oh, you got that. Violent anger, I like that. That's okay. it. His anger rose up, he became violent. And he did not walk, he did walk by faith. So we can put in Samson that he, at he the mentioned. end, he showed his faith in God. 
He did deliver the Israelites from the bondage of the Philistines. He had physical strength. His hair was his strength and his lack of hair was his weakness. But at the end, when his hair started to grow and God gave him the strength to, to kill those 3,000 people that were mocking him and they gouged out his eyes, because that really was where his weakness was, was in his eyes. He saw things like the, the beautiful woman that he wanted, you know, he lusted after. So. Have you ever wondered, I know you said that, Dennis, have you ever wondered, just like you said, all these great men, why is Samson there? Samson didn't make it to heaven or to Mary. He couldn't have. Well, God put him there that he did. Yeah. Even in our weaknesses. At the very end. And he was a, he was a, uh, he was not a good man until the end. It's very, his, I mean, it wasn't that he didn't show any faith until oh, yeah. the end. Yeah. The Spirit of the Lord would rise up in him and then he would smite the Philistines. Mm -hmm. it was very, but it, but it maybe say that his, his faith was episodic. It'd be, he just had episodes of faith. He wasn't characterized oh, okay. by faith throughout his life. No. He would have episodes of faith, but in the end, he had one final episode. Does that give us hope? Yes. Oh, oh, it should. It sure should. Well, it shows anybody could become a Christian. And if you struggle with it, even if your faith wanes and you go through peaks and valleys, keep with it. You might be called on to pull the building down, but you got to do it, right? And like George, or what Jordan said this morning, never give up. Never quit. <clears throat> Sometimes we, we, we want to quit, or we quit, at least temporarily, but uh, you don't quit, can't do it. Uh, All of these people, I think, helped me a lot because they do go through peaks and valleys. None of them were even close to perfect. But they had faith and they would come back when they would when they would go the wrong direction, they would come back to God. And in the end, God always forgave them. And He will us if we genuinely repent and come back to Him. Okay, who wants to go next? Linda. I bet Noah. I think that he's a character of faith because he did, he did what God told him to do without any question. It's obedient. It was kind of it was kind of, it was an easy thing to do, right? No. <laughs> it wasn't an easy thing to do. I'm sure he got a boat. Lot of it was big. Grief over that. Yeah. <laughs> well. He, you know, he never asked why. He just, he was told to build a boat, and he was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah there are boats, and there are 400-foot ships. <laughs> and... He had three boys, too. And, it's, and he built it in 100 years. How do you think uh, he was treated by his neighbors? Now, keep in mind, it appears at that point, it had never rained on the earth. That, that the earth was watered by mist. So you're telling your, your people going, 
Hey, no, what are you doing, dude? That's a big boat. It's never rained before. What are you, some kind of nut? For a hundred years. Yes, ma'am. This is kind of a silly point, but Austin and I were actually just talking about it last night. The thought, like, one of my biggest fears are, like, spiders, scorpions. Like, they had to live with all the creatures of the earth for the whole time. And, like, it just being like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure there were probably things that they didn't want to have to live in close quarters with for that long, but um, just having faith and like, this is what has to happen. That's a very trivial uh, first world problem to think about, but. <laughs> I think you know, one of the things you, you, what you kind of said there, I mean, that, that Noah basically lived in a lifetime of ridicule up until the point of the flood. I mean, it was a, it was a lifetime, you know? Most of his adult life, he was ridiculed for what he was doing, obeying God. So. Mm -hmm. We ever been ridiculed? Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all weird. Every day. I mean, you, you don't run. Uh, you don't run like the world runs. No, we don't. You strange. Are you some kind of a religious nut? No, just average good people. We even be, we're even called hateful bigots sometimes. Or we're called lots of things. So any weakness? See anything in the story? That I guess you would say mainly lack, lack of self-control. Oh, he got, he was a drinker and got drunk. The end of his life, he certainly did. Yeah. Caused an incident that that incident that happened because he was drunk ultimately condemned the son because of that because his his son he almost induced his son into committing something that was the same just because of his own drunkenness there and the other yeah. two brothers you know kind of have to read between the lines yeah. a little bit so okay good who else uh, go ahead Shannon. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 After he presented the Lord, I guess, with his offerings, he was instructed to destroy the altar of ba uh, Baal. And eventually, he saved, the, saved Israel. He overcame the, the hatred, uh, hatred from destroying the, the altar, the, the altar of Baal. So, and his weakness, he was doubted by God. No, he doubted God. He doubted. He doubted that he could do, that he could destroy. And um, asked, for, asked God for signs that it wasn't really God telling him, right? And then he asked God for signs that, he, that God was telling him, you know, that you're doing the right thing. 
that you're doing the correct And you almost get the century that story asking for it once was kind of okay, but it was kind of like over and over again. He kept saying, Well, God, now do this. No, it's like, Yeah, he kept saying, Well, because he, as we were reading it, he, he wasn't sure if it was really God talking to him. And so I was like, Okay, God, it's just really you. Yeah. you know? Show me a sign. <laughs> So that could that could indicate, couldn't it, that he was his faith wavered at times? Probably. A, I, I know you a showed lot. me once, but could you show me again? <laughs> How about third? I've always sort of wondered why Barry actually mentioned him there because he said, "Okay, I'll go," but I'm not gonna go without Barry. Yeah, we'll get that in a second. So one more thing I want to get. Anybody remember the story of what happened with the spoils after the war? I mean, after everything had gone good, like what, what happened with Gideon? Did you, were you able to read that part of the story? Does anyone remember? What did he make? Remember what he made with the, with the what did he asked for from all the people after they, they, they killed those? Their jewelry. Yeah, give me their earrings. Made an idol. Well, he made an ephod, which was not in and of itself, but what did it become? It became an idol. So. To a people that were had a propensity to worship idols, he made something that they could make into an idol. So it might might have been a little pride in there. He wanted to wear the victory vest. You know, that's what the ephod was. It was the victory vest, and so you know, that, I think that that shows you know there there was some pride at least in that. While it wasn't as he didn't make it to be an idol, it turned into one over time. Good, good. Well, now that you're going into Bayrak, now let's hit Bayrak. <laughs> well, I, I don't know much about him except he, he you know, he, he would go, but he said, I'm not going to go unless Deborah goes with me. Well, she did, of course, and they won the battle, but she got the credit for it, which she should have. <laughs> That's right, he Is asking for help a strength or a weakness? It's a strength. Absolutely. Well, the, the world considers it a weakness, unfortunately. Is, is that, does that make any sense? It does. I mean, and there isn't. There's no doubt of that. When we see other people who were willing to kind of go it alone, Bayrak wasn't. But what is true of Bayrak? He went. He went. Even when I needed somebody to kind of help me along, and I wanted to be in this with somebody else. You know, and he, and he expressed that, which is all right. If you need help, express it. But then you actually got to ask it, right? And he did. And that, you know, some people want help, and then they didn't really want help. They didn't really want to do what they needed to do. And but, they want all the credit, and he didn't seem to care who got the right. credit. So we really see his character through all that. Even though he he wanted that help, he then took it. So, sure. so, so that's a, a lot of our problem today. Because our pride gets in the way and we don't even want to ask for help because then that's admitting we're weak. Yeah. Yeah, but since that, or we get something that's helpful and we decide we don't want to do that because that's not what we really wanted to hear. So, we've been looking for that. Great, okay. Another character. Who, got, who we got left? Portia, you're next. Um, Samuel, what? Samuel. Uh, he was Israel's final judge, he was a Nazarite. Um, his strength was he was a man of integrity, he had a good reputation. 
uh, he was faithful to God from childhood to death. He was obedient to Eli. He obeyed Eli by telling him what God had spoken to him. Um, he had a positive influence on Israel because he preached God's word and held people accountable. His weakness was, um, he had two wicked sons who were like nice two sons. Um, they, uh, he had made his two sons um, judges of Israel, but his sons were just wicked. And I was reading somewhere where, you know, they said even though Samuel was a good person, you know, he had wicked sons and like, well, I don't know if he's to blame because of his sons. He had, you know, he had a positive influence, but his sons just weren't, they just went the other way. It's always a difficult situation, isn't it? Is, was it the parents' fault or, or not? Because sometimes it's not and the children go astray anyway. But he certainly repeated the pattern of Eli, right? That's who. Yes. And what's interesting is Eli grew up Samuel, and Samuel, you know, Eli was his mentor, along with his sons. And Samuel turned out great, and the sons weren't. So it, it's tough. But it, it certainly remember what when he made them judges. What happened next? Remember how the people reacted to that? We want to. We want to see him. We want to keep. It was all, this is almost what pushed it over the edge. That we're tired of these judges because we don't. We don't want these judges to be there. So I even wonder if Samuel consulted God about this, because that seems to be exactly the wrong move. But we don't know if the Bible didn't say. And, you know, the Lord told Samuel to give them what they want, and give them the kingdom. Yeah. They regret that. And he said, You're not re they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. They're rejecting me. Yes. But it does seem odd that Eli's sons were bones. Samuel's sons were bones. Mm -hmm that it seems more than coincidental that there was some parental issues. Yeah, and that's what, uh, where I was doing the research, it kind of brought that out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, so the lessons learned here, um, uh, it says the people wanted a king, but other nations had kings, and uh, this it wasn't pleasing to God. He wanted his people to be different, and that's what he wants for us today, to be different. And sometimes, a lot of times it's hard for us to be different because we don't want to stand out. But that's the only way we're going to make an influence is to be different. Um, that's about it. Good. That's all Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I had the Israelites um, at Jericho. And... Um, <laughs> so um, they show that they were characters of faith by following God's exact instruction, even though it was completely made no sense and unconventional. Um, they did it without hesitation. They um, did it without grumbling, from what it sounds like. I, and um, they didn't make any adaptations to um, what he had commanded them to do or what God had told Joshua for them to do. Um, and because I, you, you hear of all of these things where people made an adaptation and God struck them down or did
didn't fulfill his promise because they didn't. So um, I kind of feel like they had learned lessons along the way. I thought of like Noah, like they had learned like God took care of Noah because he followed the exact instruction of building the ark. And he all, they also probably thought of, you know, the previous um, generation who had come through the wilderness and they had grumbled and God had done all of these things. So I think they had kind of used lessons from the past to help them realize that God was actually going to be with them and deliver Jericho to them for following that. And um, they also um, fulfilled the promise by sparing Rahab and her family. Um, so they were know, trustworthy and, um, and following through with that. I mean, how long, how long had that promise been given before that? About 40 like, years. Yeah. Right? Just shy of that, when the right. spies were in the land the first time. Mm -hmm. right? um, so it was kind of hard to find a weakness because it was because they had followed Jericho all the instructions. Correct. correct. Yeah, Jericho definitely, I think they had, they were kind of given warning too. So <clears throat> you've got people marching around you. Um, so Jericho definitely had their weaknesses. So, but as for the Israelites um, in this They almost had to think later than this. Did they, did they, they perfectly did what God asked them at Jericho. What about Well, after? and for sure later on, because God said, like, never rebuild here. And there were instances throughout um, that they did rebuild mm -hmm. um, onto Jericho. And it never, right. nothing ever sustained. Um, so, yes, the future Israelites did not follow God's command to not. What, what had these people over the last 40 years witnessed out of maybe anywhere from 2 to 5 million people other than two men over the age of 20? They all did. Right. Every single one of them did. Uh, under the, uh, that were over the age of 20 except two men, Joshua and Caleb. So if you're ever going to learn a lesson, Grandma, Grandpa, Great Grandpa, they all buried out there in the desert somewhere. I think we might want to listen to this. And I did have that, that they like. recognized yeah. Joshua's yeah. faith um, and his power, and they trusted his leadership. And it's, there's a little bit of a, but they they didn't go and fully do that everywhere and drive out all the Israelites, and they, they suffered the rest of their history for that. And they, they kind of lost. The start was fantastic, right? <laughs> Samson, the start the start was terrible. The end was fantastic. And there, the start was fantastic. And they ultimately, God kind of let them off the hook, but they didn't fully do what God said, and they suffered for it for a long time. Even though they still were people of faith, sometimes people of faith just can't take it all the way you know, to the end. So that's good. The Ecclesiastes writer said, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. It's how you end. Yep, yep. It's a big deal. Yep. What else we got left? Stan, say your hand. Let's go to the bookend of these people. I'm going to have to yeah. do it over so this is Israelites again uh, at the Red Sea. And um, the scripture says that they, they, they left Egypt boldly um, and, and even as they were pursued by the, uh, the, the Pharaoh. So 
you know, they they started off good. I, I think that the yeah. they were following the leadership of God, but they also were following Moses. You know, Moses had that that direct line to God, and and in a lot of this story, you know, Moses is told to to take the rod and and, uh, and, and stretch it over the sea, and they saw all this happen, and, and also on the other end, he, he put his hand over the sea, and and uh, but you know, they did walk into that you know that dry land with walls of water on both sides and uh, that that would take you know courage some courage absolutely because uh, I've never seen anything like that before they hadn't either and that they had a they had a, a group of people that were they're bent to capture and, and harm uh, behind them so so they went um, and, and uh, they, they did what they what they were told to do and and uh, you know they got done so all that happened at the end of the whole story. They they were uh, they composed that that song of Moses and uh, and praised God for um, helping them through all that. They they recognized that God was was the compelling force that, that that helped them through all that. On the negative side, it's interesting to note that God, when He led them out of Egypt, He sent them towards the Red Sea rather than to towards. Philistia, or the Philistines, um, and he did that on purpose because if they would have gone towards the Philistines, which was much closer, uh, there would have been a war, and, and God uh, acknowledged that uh, if, if they had seen war, they would want to return to Egypt, and so he took them the long way. Uh, so even God recognized that there was a weakness you know, in, 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 the, in the Israelites, uh, that, he, that he went that, chose to go that direction. And of course, the other thing that we see all the time uh, with the Israelites uh, through that 40 years is they complained, and it didn't take them long to get down the road, and they complained to Moses, saying, uh, you know, why have you taken this away to die in the wilderness? Um, you know, and, and uh, so that had to be addressed almost from the get-go uh, on this. So, you know, they showed a lot of good here in, in terms of following, but uh, the future was being predicted here. <laughs> in terms of how they handled things. You mean to say God's people can complain? They did. <laughs> I suspect it's still going on. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. We do. But what's interesting about this, because we look at this and go, why is this in here? Because Israelites are ready. That was an episode, but then they, they, they kind of all fell away. But did they? All? All away? Did, did that lesson of the Red Sea, did somebody get that lesson of the Red Sea? Well, Joshua and Caleb and well, spies, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we think about all the Israelites, but those those twelve Israelites, they they got exactly the point. It's like, well, if God did this, I don't care how tall this guy is in the land, I can take him on because God did that, you know. And that that was that lesson that if all two million of them would have learned, they would have, we wouldn't have needed Hebrews chapter five and six, right? Yeah. Talking about them pulling back from taking Israel. But you, you wonder about it a little bit, you know, thinking back because they did. They they saw Moses put his hand over and that water divide. They walked across dry land with water on both sides. They saw it crash down onto the Egyptians uh, uh, once they got over there. They had they had a cloud during the day and a, and a pillar of fire at night. They saw all this stuff, you know. Why would you complain, you know? And, and uh, so there there was. Something not quite, you know, I, I don't understand it, uh, but then... What happened and how they wanted it to, yeah. however that was, yeah. right? So, 
something in nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was jump. Thinking, I was just thinking, um, I think their main problem was that they were fearful. At least in the land of Egypt, they were used to being a slave and being in slavery, and they had food to eat and they had a place to live and what, whatever. So, so in the desert, mm, everything's iffy. Food, water, um, even though they had seen all of God's miracles, it is like human nature. It's like uh, fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown yeah. and worry. Well, I, have, I have one more report to give, right? You get one thing. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I struggled with this a lot because I had not only personally not had ex a lot of experience with Enoch, but also even through my research, he's only mentioned a very few times. Um, and so as far as the strengths, it's so that he walked faithfully his whole life. So that was the most obvious. Um, he was one of only two people taken directly into heaven, so that obviously had the whole significance as well. Um, with the weaknesses, that's why I really struggled because there was hardly anything there. Nothing. <laughs> the Bible tells us nothing, right? Yeah, so the only thing that I was like, okay, um, he was only human. <laughs> like, he could only do so much. You're good. Um, that was like the, kind of like an obvious, like everyone is, but um, the only other thing was like that he couldn't necessarily prove God's existence as, you know, Jesus could with like, Performing miracles and yeah. That's right. things like that. We really, I mean, it's it, it's really interesting, and and so when you think about, you know, we've kind of been making this point as we go, so I'm not going to draw this back together. But I, I want to I want to take us to how the Hebrew writer ends this chapter here because this is I mean, you've done a fantastic job, and you think about the Hebrews would have known these characters even better than we know. So bringing all this out, the Hebrew, what's, he, what's he giving them? It's like, yes, imperfect people, when they show faith and endurance, become people that God has approved of, God approves of. Remember what Hebrews doing. we got people in Hebrews who are thinking about going back. It's getting hard. There's being a struggle. And so when, when he takes this, he, he goes through all these lists of people. And remember what he does next? And this is why some people say this was really a sermon meant to be read in one session because what he does next, he says, time wouldn't, won't permit me to tell you about. Well, if he's writing a book, you can write time at you all the time in the world, right? But what, is, what does he say? He went through all these people we've talked about. And then he says, Samuel and the prophets, Hebrews 11.33. I want you to think about these things. There's two different categories of things he's going to bring forward now in these nameless people of faith. Okay. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Let's stop right there. Who stopped the mouth? David. You got Daniel, right? Daniel. David killed a lion doing that. So would they have been thinking of names when he said this? Absolutely. We can go back to the Old Testament and we can pull up multiple characters, some of whom we've talked about, some of whom we haven't talked about. Who this is true of. Stop the mouths of lions. Quench the violence of fire. Who do we think of there? 
The wood and the fire? The three Hebrew boys, right? Escape the edge of the sword. Who had to run for their life? How many times did David run for his life? Who had to run for their life? Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Huh. Samson had all his hair cut off. Look what he did, look what he did in the end. I've got names and names here that I listed here, and I'm glad you all's reports went so long that I'm not going through all, the, all that. Became valiant in battle. Anybody show up to battle afraid and become valiant in battle? Think, think about all the, the people that we've talked about. Turn to flight the armies of aliens. All those things that women received their dead raised to life again. Where, did that happen in the Old Testament? Was there dead people raised? Yeah, Elijah and his successor Elisha. And the widow Zarephath and the, and, 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 the, and the woman of... Um, anyway, the widow Zarephath and the, uh, the, the Shunammite. Um, we came back. Okay. What are all of those? What did the faith produce for all of those people? Are those are those good endings? Somebody's raised from the dead, got courage, right? Faith produced in all of those people who decided to have faith and endure. It produced something in their lives that they tangibly could see that was a good ending. Now, watch what happens next. Others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. We can talk about that in another class, but think, what does that mean? I'm going to decide to allow them to torture me instead of capitulating and losing my faith because what do I see? What do we, what do we see in Hebrews 6? They saw a better city whose builder and maker is God. They, they, they understood that there's something better than this. If I don't get a reward in this life, that's okay. There's something better than this thing. Others had trials of mockings and scourgings. And of chains and imprisonment. What happened to Jeremiah? Anybody remember that? Jeremiah listed listed here. What happened to him? Got thrown naked in a pit, right? He was put in stocks. He was let down in a dungeon. He, he suffered it all. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Tradition in Israel, tradition said that Isaiah actually died exactly like that. Bible didn't reveal that, but they might have thought about that and looked at that. They were tempted. Was Joseph tempted? We're going to see that here, I think, in a few minutes. They were slain with the sword. Some people who showed faith escaped the sword. Other people who showed faith died for it. They were slain with the sword. With the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Now, what's the lesson here? When I show faith and endurance, what sometimes happens? It can get rough. It can get rough. It can get rough. Sometimes God lets things ease off for a while and then does that. And then this is where we'll actually kind of start this road rolling into chapter 12 next Sunday when we get there. But just, I want you to think about this phrase. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy. Unbelievers were not worthy of these people walking the earth. Why? Were they such good people? Huh? They weren't worthy of somebody who showed this kind of thing. I'm going to leave you with this thought. Unbelievers are not worthy of us when they show this kind of thing. 
you know what we have to do anyway? Walk amongst them while we're here. Showing this kind of faith. Because this is the kind of faith that God is pleased with. Whether it leads us to overcome a difficult situation and then move on with our lives, or whether it's the situation that ends our life, He expects to see that kind of faith. And the Hebrew writer says, his, God's characterization of these people, the world's not worthy of you when you do that. The world's not worthy of people who are faithful. Because what is the world? All unfaithful unbelievers. Except, here's a little, little thing to think about. Who were we before? Unfaithful unbelievers. And if the Hebrews went back, what were they going to become? Unfaithful unbelievers. There's the end of the chapter. What's his point of all these faithful people? This is what God's pleased with. Regardless of what He asks you to suffer through, here's what will please Him. Get about doing that. Great, uh, great reports from you all. And we will uh, jump in and uh, home stretch chapter 12. Boy, it's one chapter. And we're going we're, we're to kind of put the Hebrews writer's point to, to this whole list in chapter 12. We're going to see exactly um, what he wants us to do with it. Thanks very much. Let's enjoy Jordan now. <laughs>